Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're, we're in a an interesting passage. We're in Matthew 13. All of Matthew 13, Jesus is sharing a lot of parables. Parables are stories from everyday common life in which Jesus uses those stories to convey a spiritual truth. And sometimes the spiritual truth isn't that obvious, and he has to explain it. And this one, the parable of the sower, is one of those parables that at first doesn't seem very obvious until Jesus gives an explanation of it. And what he's doing with the parable of the sower is really talking about how people respond to him, what their response is to him. And it's actually quite interesting, if not revealing to us, because we have assumptions. We we operate under assumptions when it comes to everybody else around us. We just assume that everybody is okay. And because they've responded to Jesus, they're okay. In fact, let me just point out a couple things to you. Number one, we think that everyone who responds to Jesus is okay. That's the first point. We think that everyone who responds to Jesus, we, we look, and when we, we lump that in with everybody who's excited, we, th- you know, everybody who responds, maybe they pray a prayer, and we just think that everybody, if anybody even says to you they're a Christian, they're okay in your mind or our minds. But Jesus comes along and he kind of points out to us that that's not true. Because time reveals all things. Time and life really reveals where people are at. Do you know what I'm saying? Time and life. And you know that from everyday experience. We understand that time reveals where you're really at. Jesus is pointing the same out. Just because someone says, I'm okay, I'm following Jesus, doesn't mean they're a Christian. And he's actually going to explain it. Now, it was easy the last week, because we saw last week, we saw the one who rejected. That's easy to accept. The person who flat out rejects, we understand that. But when it comes to people who say they love Jesus, or they follow Jesus, or they're a Christian, that's harder for us to understand. Well, Jesus is actually going to show us today and next week that there are actually two types of people that maybe express an interest, but something reveals that they're really not where they should be. So we think everybody responds to Jesus is okay. Here's the second assumption. We fail to recognize that not every response is valid. Not every response is valid because you have different reasons for the response. And those reasons for the response are not necessarily right. Not every response is valid and so that's what we see here. So what are we going to do? Well, let's look at it. We're going to look again at the parable. Look with me, verses 1 to 9, and then we're going to see Jesus' explanation here in verses 20 and 21. So notice with me. On the same day he went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. 
Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. Okay, so what is he saying there? Verse 9. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you, Jesus says. Now here's the explanation. We looked at this last week. Therefore, verse 18, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what is sown in his heart. And this is he who received the seed by the wayside. This is the guy who rejects. Or we understand that. Now our explanation for this week. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. But when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Here's what I want you to see. We're going to look, first of all, at the initial joy. There's an initial joy that goes on with this response, and that can be deceptive, the initial excitement, but we're going to also see the final disappointment. We see the initial joy and the final disappointment. All right, let me just stop for a moment. I want you to think with me for a moment. I've been a believer now 30 years, pastoring for 20. I've got lots of memories in my mind. Some of you have been in church a long time. Some of you maybe just started in church. But I want you to think for a moment. I don't want you to respond out loud. I want you to think for a moment. In your mind, I want you to picture people who came for the moment. You remember whatever church, maybe it was this church or some other church, they came and they were excited for the moment. They were excited about Jesus. And everybody thought, wow, they're doing okay. But as time went on, and the difficulties of life happened in their life, they walked away, and they never came back. In fact, if you were to see them today, they live like they don't even believe in God. Oh, they might say they do, but they live like they don't. It has no impact in their life. They got disappointed and they walked away. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about that there is a type of response concerning him that's there for the moment, but when trials and troubles come, it really reveals where they're at. So let's talk about the initial joy. Let's talk about what's going on here. First thing I want you to see when we talk about the initial joy says this. Jesus says that there are some who respond out of excitement for him. There are some who respond out of excitement for him. Whatever's going on in their life at the time, you may not know, but for some reason they come in, they hear about Jesus, and something about his message or something about who he is or something about what he can do, maybe even something about what church is or what it causes them to be excited, and for the moment they're ready to just embrace it with their all and do whatever. That happens all the time. You know, this is my second church. I've been here almost 16 years. First church I was in, I pastored for four years. That was in Canada. Both churches. I can think of instances. I forget their faces now because it's hard to remember them, but I know this has happened. I can remember, you know, either when in the early years when I was here, I was at the door, or in here lately, I've been down here at the back. If somebody will come up and they'll say, thanks, this was our first time here. We love it here. I want to join the church. And they'll, very first time, one service. 
and they want to join the church. They're excited. Wow, this is an awesome place. And I'll say to them, don't get frustrated with me, I'll say, wow, we're glad that you had a good time. I've, I've got it down pat. We're glad that you had a good time. But you know, we don't just rush into membership here. We would encourage you to come for a while. And maybe after coming for three months, maybe you might want to join then. And that's okay. We'll talk to you about it then. But we, we understand you're excited. But let's not just run, rush into it. Okay, okay, all right. Here's what usually happens. In fact, it's happened in every instance. I never see them again ever. They don't come back. What's going on there? There's an excitement for the moment. Jesus says that there are some who respond to him because of the excitement of what they hear, because of the excitement of what they see. They're excited about Jesus because it ministered to something in their life at that moment. I don't know what it is, but something touched them. Something about Jesus touches people and they get all excited for the moment and they respond. Think about that for a moment. Think about people that you know that were really excited and and, and they were all involved and then all of a sudden they fell away. Jesus says there are some. Here's what Jesus points out though. However, Jesus points out that there's no depth. There's no depth in their understanding. They're shallow. They're caught up in the moment of the excitement of church or caught up in the moment of excitement of Jesus, but beyond that, they don't really understand. There's no depth in their life. That's scary, folks. You've met people like that. They're, they're on the bandwagon. They jump on the bandwagon. You ever hear people talk about people being fickle? That's why they're fickle, because they don't truly understand, so they bounce from one thing to another real quickly. And there are people who jump on the Jesus bandwagon. But when they do that, they don't have any understanding. They're shallow in their lives. They're shallow. Let me just stop for a moment, okay? This is why it is so important, okay? So maybe you're coming, maybe you've been involved here, but the level of your involvement is just simply coming on on Sunday morning. And it's not beyond that. I really need to encourage you to get involved with something else. Maybe get involved with the Bible study, a resonate study. Maybe get involved with some other kind of teaching, listening, or whatever. Put some depth into your life. Put some depth into your life because you can't function just going by what happens here on Sunday. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? On Sunday morning. You need to have depth in your life. Jesus points out that they get excited for the moment, but they're shallow. There's no depth there. Here's the third thing I want you to see about that initial joy. Jesus points out that their excitement only carries them so far. It only carries them so far. So here's the thing. You can get excited about Jesus, get on the touchy-feely level about Jesus, but it's only going to carry you so far. Why? Because, listen, let's be honest about life. Life is tough. Life will throw things at you. Life will bring you through unexpected experiences. And a shallow understanding of God, a shallow understanding of Jesus, if it's only just for the excitement, it's only going to carry you so far before you get, are you ready for this, before you get disappointed with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
before you get disappointed with him. Because maybe you're in an excitement, even when you came to Jesus, somebody came to you, and listen, don't do this to people. I've heard people do this. Don't do this when you present Jesus to people. Oh, come to Jesus, get saved, because everything will be okay after that. Wrong. How many of you know that from your life, that even when you came to Jesus, it didn't get better, it didn't get okay? But that's what we tell people. And so they're all excited. Everything's going to be wonderful. God's going to bless me. I'm going to be healthy and wealthy. How are we doing with the wealthy here? huh? Do you know what I mean? But that excitement will only carry you so far because what happens is, is you face real life. And real life ain't pretty. And the excitement fades. It'll only carry you so far. Here, here's the thing. So what we're going to look here is Jesus points out to you is the final difficulty. Look with me. Verse 21. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Three things I want you to see here. First of all, difficulties and struggles test the genuineness of our faith. Difficulties and struggles test the genuineness of one's faith. You really want to know where people are at? With Jesus, do you really want to know? This is how God knows where they're at. He brings problems into their lives to test whether or not they're trusting in Him. Really? He would do that? Yeah, think about what James says. Listen to this. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Stop for a moment. That just seems so unreal. Really? You want me to have joy because I'm going through problems? That's what James is saying there. Listen to what he says. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Here's what he's saying. God allows the problems to happen in your life to test your faith in him. And that faith produces in your life maturity so that you lack nothing when you continue to face the stuff that happens in this world. See, here's the thing. The final disappointment is, is that, you know, you've been told that Jesus is wonderful, Jesus is exciting, everything's going to be wonderful with Jesus, and then, boom, when it rains, it pours. And you've got one problem after another and you're just sitting there like, whoa, wait a minute now. I thought I trusted Jesus and he loves me and he's going to take care of me and he's going to provide and I've got bill collectors knocking on the door. i got health issues. i got relationship problems. This doesn't seem right. Where are you, Jesus? See, difficulties and struggles test the genuineness of our faith. Here's the second thing I want you to see. There is a level of suffering that occurs because of our faith. There's a level of suffering that occurs because of our faith. Listen to me. In fact, when you read this, you can go by it real quick and not grasp what he's saying. Look at what Jesus is saying. Look with me at verse 21. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Okay, I'm going to read to you slowly and I'm going to tell you what to underline. All right? Here's what I want you to see. For when tribulation and persecution arises, okay, I want you to underline these four words. Because of the word. What word? The gospel. 
what you're embracing. Jesus is saying that when you respond to him, you're going to have problems because tribulation and problems are going to arise because you trusted me. You responded to the gospel. Because you're a Christian, you have problems. Now let me just stop for a moment. I want to, I want to help you to understand a biblical viewpoint of suffering for Jesus. Usually when I say to you about suffering for Jesus, a lot of you would say, well, that's what the people in China are going through in the underground church when they go through persecution. That's what Christians are suffering right now in the Middle East with ISIS and everything. That's what suffering for Jesus is. Is that what everybody agree with that? And that is. But that's not all suffering for Jesus. What do you mean? Well, the book of Acts very clearly tells us that suffering for Jesus also is a suffering, the effects of being a Christian. So Paul suffered in what? The calamities of his everyday life and the sickness and stuff that he faced. See, suffering for Jesus would include the difficulties that you as a believer go through in your everyday life. So if you're a believer in Jesus and you're going through struggles, you're suffering for Jesus. You need to understand that. You need to comprehend that. And so here's what he's saying. In fact, I would say to you, because you are a Christian, you are even going to experience more suffering. Why? Because now you have a what? An enemy who hates you, who wants to destroy your lives and your families. Who's that, folks? Satan. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here it is, you respond to Jesus and, and, and if you're just doing it for the excitement, only time will tell that. Why? Because it doesn't endure. Why? Because if you are wanting to follow Jesus, guess what happens, folks? Problems happen. Suffering happens. So there's a level of suffering that occurs because of our faith. Now, let me go on. There's one more point Jesus is making here. The reality of suffering replaces the excitement with rejection. The reality of suffering replaces excitement with rejection. Now, how do you get that, George? Because I'm thinking, even though they, they turn and walk away because of problems, they're still okay, they're still safe. No, 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 you, you, you're missing the point here. Look at what he says, and then I'll explain it to you. I'll explain it to you. Look with me. Verse 21. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, okay, they're suffering because of their, their, their faith in Jesus. Notice now the next phrase. And there's a word there that I need to help you to understand. It's meaning in the Gospels. And immediately he stumbles. Now, if you just read that and you passed on and you didn't know how that word was used by Jesus in other contexts, you would just think, oh, well, he just trips along, but he gets along. He's okay. No, that's not how the word's used here by Jesus. Jesus uses the same word in reference to himself when he says that he is the cornerstone. And that with the cornerstone, the Jews, because Jesus is the cornerstone, the Jews, the Pharisees, stumbled. What does that mean? They rejected. 
They didn't believe. See, there's an initial excitement, an initial excitement about Jesus. But when, but there's no depth to it. There's no understanding. Oh, they're just excited because Jesus and what he can do for us. But then when problems come, it kind of, it kind of attacks that whole theology that people have, that assumption that everything's going to be wonderful in Jesus, but then you find out that it's not. So what do they do? They get disappointed and they say, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I expected. And so they walked away. They rejected. And let's just stop for a moment. Every one of us here knows people exactly like this. They were excited for the moment. Problems arose. And they got disappointed. And they're never coming back. This is the second response. You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? What do we, how do we function with this? Well, we're here, you're here, and, and again, you're responding to Jesus. And, and I really, nobody knows where you're at except Jesus. But you can tell a little bit about your heart by some things. So let me just ask you some questions. First of all, what do your struggles reveal about your faith in Jesus? What do your struggles, because here, here's the reality. Okay, let's just stop for a moment. They're very recognized. Nobody here has a perfect life where everything goes wonderful, hunky-dory. Okay? Nobody does. Does everybody recognize? You know, I, 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 you know, I go up to people, how are you doing? And they're, oh, super. If it was any better, you know, what? A, you know, you just want to say, can you be real? You know, can you be real? If there were two of me, I wouldn't know what to do with them. Come on. That's not real. All of us go through struggles. Now, the question is, is how are you responding to the struggles? And what are the struggles doing to your faith? And then ultimately, here's our question. What does your response, what does your struggles reveal about your faith in Jesus? Because here's the thing. Let, let's just be honest. We can all say here, oh, we love Jesus. That's why we're here. Oh, we're loving Jesus. And well, praise God. And we're just trusting in Jesus. But we can all say that. But when you're alone and you're looking at a medical report or you're looking at bills that need to be paid or when you're driving down the road and something happens to your car, or you get the pink slip at work and you still got bills to pay and all of this, and, and, and who knows, and, and a relationship falls apart and, and all of these things, in the heat of that moment, when you're in the midst of it, what does it reveal about your faith? In Jesus. That's where it's, that's really where it's at. It's not the woo, prayer in hands, singing, praising, wow, wonderful, I'm excited. It's when you're in the midst of that, how are you doing? What does that say about your faith? Ask yourself that question. And in fact, 
That's not a question you answer right now. That's a question you take home and think about for a while. Here's the second one. Is there depth to your faith? Because you might be here and, and I'll be honest with you, where you're at is, is, oh yeah, you're excited and you want to trust Jesus, but you're not adding any depth to your faith. And I, and I would encourage you, you need to do that. You need to add some depth to your faith because the problem is, is this, folks. You are going to face something. Okay, everybody accepts that. We're going to face something. But here, you know, I, 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 sometimes when I have premarital with couples, I'll say to them, life's going to throw something at you you can't handle. That's true for all of us anyhow in life, isn't it? And the question is, are you ready for it when it comes? So you can get ready. How can I get ready? Because I don't even know what it's going to be. No, no. You can get ready by having a deeper walk with Jesus so that when it comes, you've got something to hold on to. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you know right now whether or not there's depth in your heart in that relationship. There's depth in your faith. You know that. And see, if you realize that it's not, can I encourage you to do something about it? Get some depth. Get some depth. How do we do that? We've got opportunities here. We've got other opportunities. Just come and talk to us. We'll, give, we'll tell you how to do it. But you've got to add some depth to your life. Get into God's Word. Read, pray, talk to Him. So what do we do? Here's the action point. Ask the Spirit to help you to grow deeper in your faith. Ask the Spirit to help you to grow deeper. I think that should be every one of our prayers here, isn't it? Help me to grow deeper, Jesus. Take my faith away from the excitement to a maturity. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, let's stop for a moment, okay? I guess what I'm asking everybody to do is move out of the honeymoon phase with Jesus into a more mature relationship. What do you mean? Well, y'all know that when you get married, there's a honeymoon phase. It's usually about three years. And have you noticed that most marriages fail after that three-year period? Why? Because after three years, there's usually kids come along and the excitement of the marriage disappears. And life happens. And so the marriage needs to move. It, it, it actually moves from the honeymoon into the for better or worse zone. Do you remember that part of the vow? For better or worse? You're like, oh yeah, it's been worse ever since. That's life. But something has to change there. It becomes hard work. And you've got to get deeper into that relationship with each other. You can't give up. See, the same thing is true. A lot of us were, you know people that came for the moment, they were in a honeymoon phase with Jesus, but then life happened. It got worse. But they gave up. Don't give up. Go deeper. Move out of the, the, the touchy-feely honeymoon stage of your relationship with Jesus and go deeper into your faith. If you need help with that, we'll help you. We have elders, myself, we, we'll talk to you about how to do that. 
and we'll help you. But you've got to ask the Spirit to take you there. You've got to ask the Spirit to take you there. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.